Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach. It's really hot outside and Christian Garcia is here. <laughs> Did I bring the heat? Is that what you're trying to brought say? the heat. I don't know. I If you brought it, you better take it back because I don't want it yeah, anymore. Yeah, fuck the heat. All right. We uh, have some fun stuff to talk about today. It's I feel like it's been a long time since we've done like a normal podcast. Has I mean, it? Yeah, I I feel like it has been. Maybe it hasn't been. We'll just go by your feelings. Yeah, I mean, we had Sandy on, which is always a pleasure. A pledge, Mr. Sandy Danto. And then we had, I think the Silicon Valley was after that. But then we had the one that we didn't that we recorded way early. Yeah, we've been off schedule, sure. Yeah, I know. It's It's been chaotic, to say the least. So I'm glad we get back into a... Normal episode. We have some fun stuff to talk about. Uh, we'll talk a little further about Dark Crystal. I know we didn't get too much into it last week. We just touched on it because we had Sandy uh, on the line. Um, we'll give you some some of our thoughts about the the Spider Man splitting from the Sony verse. I know that's been a long time coming because we're always like on top of everything. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be super <laughs> <Current>. topical. <laughs> um, but now that the dust has settled, I think we can have a uh, like a fun you know take on it now that. We know for sure it's sticking because there was a little while there where we had hope. I mean, it, it could still change, but you're, you, mm, we'll see know. how it goes. And it chapter two. And it chapter two, which we saw. So there will be some spoilers for that if you haven't read the book or seen the movie. Or seen the movie. But mostly if you haven't read the book. All righty. But let's, before we do that, let's start off with some nerdy confessions where we confess the things that make us nerds. Do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? I could go first. So my nerdy confession oh, is like hell no, or or that. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So <laughs> watching uh, Dark Crystal. I'm not. I haven't finished. I think I'm three episodes away. Which is weird because you love <clears throat> puppets, and I love puppets. I, I voiced some of my you know indifference towards them, and I finished it. <laughs> and I watched the documentary, and I watched the original. <laughs> I clearly don't have as much time as you do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't um, sleep very well. <laughs> but like, I find my, and I like this. It's very confusing for me because um, the voice of Bria is um, oh, I forget her name from Game of Thrones. Miss uh, Sunday. Yes, well, the actress's name, and she, the girl from also Fast and the Furious. <laughs> forgive us, you know. I don't remember her name. And, I could look it up. But like. I, in, in Game of Thrones, I thought she was, you know, the most attractive actress. I was like, to me, she's super hot. So it's like weird, like hearing her voice in the puppet and be like, dude, I still like, how is this puppet attractive? I don't understand. <laughs> like, her name just, is, is it Natalie or Nathalie? I don't know. Emmanuel. Any of the Brits out there. There's will an H in us. there. There's an extra H. You know what you're doing, England. <laughs> you know but it's like. It's like I have this weird attraction to this puppet, but because of the actress and the voice, it's like, dude, I... Oh, that it, puppet's asking for it, too. <laughs> it's, like, so confusing <laughs> for my mind. It's like, wait, how? Like, I don't get it. You never fucked a puppet before? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, internets. We've all been there. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> but it's, like, so fucking confusing yeah. for me. Um, and that's that's my nerdy confession, man. I, I, I'm not saying I want to fuck the puppet. That's not what I'm saying. But if the puppet was here <laughs> and down... <laughs> And you both had a couple drinks. <laughs> uh, do Gelflings have alcohol? I'm uh, sure they. It seems like the Podlings did. No, they just were whack. You're talking about because they were like jumped around in the dirt. No, because just... there was li- literally an ale fountain. Or was something. there? Yeah. I guess I didn't look. Close you might enough. not have gotten there yet. 
where they go to the town and they drink ale out. Like, oh, it's such and such ale out of the fountain. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. But it looked like he was drinking, like, soap water or something. Well, they're not going to fill a beer, a fountain with beer for a show that's a waste of beer. <laughs> Hup is one of my favorites, so I've really been enjoying Yeah, he's Hup. a pretty cool character. Um, yeah, I mean... I will say this. Uh, I think you know you. You and I were talking a little bit about it after I finished everything. Um, I know I kind of hated on it a little bit last week, but uh, after some careful reconsideration, I think. And I have the text messages. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I'm saying this. I'm getting ahead of it. It's called having a media sense. You got to get out in front of it before there's any controversy. Um, I will say that I think. Because they showed in, there's a documentary on Netflix too about the making of, which I recommend everyone watch after uh, they're finished with the series. Um, and it's really interesting how the puppets are made, and you know how much attention to detail they had. Um, uh, looking at the original one, the original artist is there, and now his son is an artist too, Brian Frab, who was like a uh, production designer on it as well. And they showed some pre-visual, you know, sequences that they they used to pitch to Netflix. Where originally it was supposed to, they they were pitching it as an all animated show. Glad that didn't happen. And Netflix is like, I don't know, I feel like it should be puppets. And that was Netflix saying that, which is crazy. They're like, they're like, yeah, but that's gonna be like really expensive. They're like, yeah, but I feel like it should be puppets. Oh no, that was a great call on Netflix. And then so then they did like half puppet, half CG. <clears throat> so the Gelflings were gonna be CG because that way they could have a more expressive face and of course do more action. And then all the um, the Zexies, Skexies, Skexies, stupid name. Um, Skexies were going to be actual puppets, you know, with people inside them and stuff like that. So it's going to be a combination of the two. And even then, they were like, you know, it it doesn't it doesn't you know match up. You know, the the puppets are reacting to nothing, and it's just and you can tell that they're not living in the same like world. You know what I mean? The glass eyes of the puppets reflected differently than the CG. Oh, so. yeah, no, I would. I'm glad they didn't do it. It would have killed. So it. they just shoveled money at them and did it all puppets. And I think you know, I think even though parts of the show suffer because of that, I think it makes it a more special undertaking. I don't think it suffers at all. I get what you're saying. Like when they're running, it looks a little like uh, Muppet-ish. I mean, you get like the whole iron flail. And yeah. I would see a little bit of of that, but it didn't pull me out of it. Now everything you said about the carefulness of the puppets, like I didn't I didn't watch the documentary, but I could just tell just by watching it. Um, wrote an article about it. If you guys want to read it, it's on Geek Vibes uh, Nation. But I talked about all that stuff. And Brian Froud, who I love, amazing illustrator. He also did the stuff for Labyrinth um, and the story. And his son was the uh, baby. He was Labyrinth. Toby. Yes, he was in Labyrinth. Yep. And now he's working on it. I think he's like forty now or something. Uh, maybe he didn't look that old. Maybe late thirties or something. I don't know. But wrote about it. Should read it. Um, or do. And yeah, or or do. <laughs> but um, yeah, you could totally tell. Like every puppet was made with love, and every puppet looks different. Even like they're the same Gelfling race. Like you could yeah. tell. Like like they're separate. You know, and which I think was and so- they look a shit ton better than they did. Oh, originally. Yeah, too, I mean, which is crazy because I'm like, ah, oh, these don't even look that much better. And then. I watched the original one. I'm like, oh, no, they look way better. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only difference is that you could tell them apart is like hair color or like accessories. You know, yeah. like you could tell like they weren't. They made like one, one blank gelfling. Like one mold or something. Yeah, exactly. Definitely a lot more Muppet-like. Um, but, you know, um, 
without spoiling too much, I mean, I think they left it open to have another, um, you know, another season or two, you know, depending on how much they want to go. Um, but you'll, you know, going back to what I was saying before about like certain things suffered from puppets. There's like a battle scene later where I'm just like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> so, uh, look out for that. My, uh, my nerdy confession, um, is, um, I'm going to, I'm going to take it for a little bit of a, a turn. It's not going to be a standard nerdy confession. You know what we haven't done a lot in a long time? A lot of things. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I, I accept that answer. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't done the sipping on that haterade in a minute. Cause Seamus isn't on the show anymore. Oh, he, you're going to hate on something. I'm going to hate on something. Okay. And it's going to be kind of a, it's kind of a, a little bit of a nerd rant. Um, but, uh, I've been. I've been noticing this and it has to do with podcasting. So I figure it kind of fits. So one thing that I cannot stand is when there's a podcast out there and this is going to, you know, this might upset some of our pod friends. Um, but so I, I think before he says it, then I wanted to say this is coming from Cody, not from Christian. Continue. No, this is coming from nerds with friends, the show, the entity, <laughs> the brand. Um, but uh, no, it's just, it's just a little thing that annoys the shit out of me. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure most of our friends in the podcast world don't do it, but, um, but it bothers me to no end, you know, at the, at the beginning of every nerds with friends show, we have a similar intro that you can kind of count on, right? We start playing the, and then, you know, we come in and introduce each other, say what we're going to do on the show, do nerdy confessions. If we don't forget. Dan, you're just giving away all the secrets, all the behind the, all the behind the scenes <laughs> magic. Um, I hate it when podcasts don't have a start to the podcast. They just start talking and they're like, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And then it, it's just like cuts in the middle of a conversation. Okay. It's not that bad. Go on. It's not that, it's not that bad. I just think, and you know, a big one, um, and it's his show. He can do whatever he wants. And obviously he's way more successful than us, but Joe Rogan does this every single episode. What are you talking about? He's got the freaky monkey thing that goes on in the beginning. No, he doesn't. Those are on the clips. Oh, really? Yeah. So so the beginning of, at least on most of the episodes I've watched, because I never watch full episodes of J- Joe Rogan. Hardly ever. What, you don't got three hours? To I don't have like three hours to sit, watch two guys smoke pot and just theorize about stuff they don't know about? Yes, I don't have that much time. <laughs> uh, so I do like watching the clips, and he has a, what up, freak bitches? And yeah. that, that, and like, if it was even that, like, I would... I'd be a little happier, but I feel like I did watch the beginning of one, and I think he just starts off. It always it always starts with his face rotating. Yeah, and then he's like, "Hey, so you know, um, what what do you have you ever smoked DMT?" (laughs) And it's just like, "What?" And he's also just he'll spend like an hour defending pot. Yeah, defending weed. Oh, I mean, every single episode, and it's not so much it's not so much the content because there's a lot of stuff I really like by Joe Rogan, a lot of his views that I agree with. Some not so much. No, there's this shit. To, and the, the thing is, is like he, he's a he's a divisive guy, but I respect that. I mean, you got to have your own show, and he's out there making it. But just like for for a guy who is one of the most popular podcasts in the world, he just he doesn't know how to start a show. My my thing with him is that he flip flops his opinions depending on who he's talking to. That's like, true. Too. And yeah. I just it's really annoying. And then he'll give airtime to like that fucking weird shithead what's his name um alex jones no the other shithead him too um god fucking 
nasally motherfucker. What the fuck is his name? Um, well, obviously. Is that guy? <sighs> that guy's weird. <laughs> this is a Republican talking head. Like, he almost got his shit beat in. I'm, I'm like, surprised he didn't. Um, fuck, this is going to bug the What's shit out of him. What's he known for? Saying stupid shit. I mean, <laughs> Thinking he's an intellectual. That's all Republicans. Fuck me. Ah, well. It'll come to me. I'll blurt it out in the middle of something. But, you know... Um, I'm actually kind of glad I forgot his name. To be honest. <laughs> I, I just... I think that um, there's a lot of shows that just... And, you know, it, it just strikes me as... We're not listening to a show. We're just listening to him bullshit with fr- famous friends of his. Which I get it is is a fun thing sometimes, but there's other people who do it really well. You know, um, in the same realm, you know, you have uh, um, Doug loves movies. Does uh, you know has their song that they intro with? It doesn't have to be a song. Just a little like, hey, welcome to the show. We're gonna be talking to so and so today. You know, how did this get made? Too, I really. How did this get made? Is great. Um, And. And how did this get made? It's kind of cool because a lot of times their intro will change depending on what their, you know, uh, their fans have uh, produced for them, which is awesome. But man, it's just like it—it it strikes. It's weird. It's late. It strikes me as lazy, and I don't like it. And that's like one of my biggest pet peeves when listening to uh, podcasts. Burt Kreischer is another one who I—I I love the guy and I love his comedy, but he's like, especially his video podcast. He gets in and he's like, he's sitting on his couch, pulling the mic over to him. And you get all of that on the actual episode. And I'm like, dude, it could be so much better if you just sat down, got yourself ready, and then hit record. And that's kind of what we do. So, you know. I remembered. Or I didn't remember. I looked at Ben Shapiro. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Fucking hate that guy. Just hearing his voice. He, and he has like a very punchable face. Yeah. I mean... Sounds like a little anti-Semitic, but <laughs> it's nothing to be because he's fucking Jewish. It's all because of his fucking punch of his big old nose. I didn't say that. That's what you implied. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think the my narrative confession, my sipping on that haterade is, uh, you know, get yourself an intro to your show. It doesn't have to be music. Just be like, hey, welcome to the show tonight. We're nerds with friends. But don't do that because that's our name. Yeah, don't, don't, don't or do. do. I mean, fuck yeah. it, spread the word. On the flip side of the uh, podcasting thing, um, you know, because this has been our first episode in a, in a while where it's just kind of a normal schedule, just just two dudes chit-chatting, um, you know, I want to give some shout-out to some people who have been listening to our show, which has been pretty awesome. Um, we've, uh, we've been doing a little bit of advertising to try to get us out there a little bit more, and apparently uh, we blew up in Ireland. Nice. I mean... For some reason, one of our ads... I don't like, know if we should use blow up in Ireland. Oh. Irish car bombs, you know, fucking... Delicious beverages. Yeah. <laughs> Gets me hammered every time. But yeah, uh, so shout out to all of our new les- listeners in Dublin, Ireland, which is great. <laughs> and uh, we actually met some uh, podcasters from over there, too. The guys from the uh, Monk in the Trunk. Monks in the Trunk. Monks in the Trunk. Since you're mentioning podcast. other uh, so, podcasts. So check them out. Uh, Monks in the Trunk podcast at uh, or at Monks in the Trunk podcast on uh instagram they're they're awesome and uh, we're we're working on getting them on our show eventually, eventually. i think they're working on uh finding a w- i don't think they i don't know if they use skype i don't know i don't know do they not have skype in ireland i don't know i don't know we'll figure it out we're pretty smart guys um and you've met some podcasters too yeah? yes uh book uh, 
let me give one second. I know, right? Uh, Book of Lies podcast, Lit Gaming Arena, uh, Nerdy Bitches, Them Fancy Dinosaurs Productions, uh, So Wizard podcast. Uh, Are you just reading iTunes? No. Just reading (laughs) Why I'm Single, the podcast. uh, And I can take a guess. And Friday the 13th. We'll just leave it at that. Friday the 13th? Yeah, they're actually dope, dude. <laughs> Seems like a very specific uh It's a hard topic. one. You should you should listen to them. They're good. It's not just about... No. It's just a couple gay guys talking about Friday the 13th, the movie? No. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as it's not just that, because, I mean, in that movie, I can kind of take it or leave it. <laughs> Hopefully, there's something else to talk about. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, thanks to all the new podcast friends we've met. Um and, uh, you know, we hope to meet more of you. Um, one thing that I think would be really cool, you know, we're trying to obviously grow this show every single episode. We're always trying to, uh, you know, reach new audiences and uh, bring our our nerdy point of views to the world. And I should mention, or else I'll never hear the end of it, for your reference. There you go. I said it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so back to what I was saying. Yep, my bad. Um, I... I think it would be really cool uh, if you guys could take take a, your favorite episode of Nerds with Friends or even this episode of Nerds with Friends and show it to a friend, a family member, a coworker. And one thing I think we can do, and I think, you know, I, I haven't talked to you about this yet, so hopefully you're down to do this. But I think uh, it would be super easy for us if you snap a picture of you showing our podcast to one of your friends. You know, just just Instagram it at Nerds with Friends podcast or at or, Nerds with Friends or Twitter, or Twitter Twitter us tweet us Twitter us. Uh, send us a picture of you showing our podcast to a friend, just holding the phone up and them like listening to it, and we'll send both you and your friend some Nerds with Friends stickers. Dope. We're actually doing a sticker exchange. I'll tell you about it later. Okay. Well, this is separate from that. Yes. Because <laughs> I said it first on the air. There you go. Um, but yeah, send us a picture and then uh, we'll reach out to you uh, DM style and uh, we'll send you some stickers for the show. So show your friends because Nerds with Friends is all about making new friends in the nerd world. you know. So And who knows? Maybe there'll be some people you're like, hey, do you like nerdy stuff? And they're like, yeah, I fucking hell love nerdy stuff. And then you can tell they're from California because of how they said that. <laughs> um, oh, because I hella love it. I fucking hella love it. Isn't um, that weird? Like it's... So it's so natural, yeah. To us. I don't even realize I say it sometimes until someone calls me out on it. But I love it. Uh, but yeah, show us to your friends, and uh, you know, who knows? Maybe you'll make a a D and D game out of it, or you'll find someone new to play uh, video games with, just by sharing our show. So we'd appreciate that. At Nerds with Friends on both Instagram and Twitter, or you can do, uh, do it on our Facebook page as well, which is just Nerds with Friends. So let's. Before, let's not delay it any longer and talk about Spider-Man first. All right. Because, I mean, it's been a month, basically. Um, I mean, obviously, a lot has been said about Sony Pictures and uh, Marvel Entertainment, Marvel Studios, Disney, mm. what have you. We'll just say Disney. Disney in general, splitting ways and uh, taking Spider-Man from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh I mean, we're not really going to bring up much new that hasn't been said, right? Just more of our opinions. I mean, but the way I see it is a lot of people are saying that Sony will be just fine without Marvel. And I think to a certain extent, they're not wrong. They'll be fine. 
but they could be great with Marvel. You know I what just, I mean? I'm, my thing is, like, there's a lot of people who are pro Sony. They're happy, you know, that they're, I guess, standing up to the bully. But I don't feel like Disney was asking, like, for anything crazy. And let's not let's not use the word bully. These are both multi-billion yeah. dollar corporations who are who are arguing over hundreds of millions of dollars. Billions, yeah. Yeah. And, like, Disney was getting, I, I believe it was 5% of the first dollars made opening weekend. And the rest... And then the merchandising rights. And the merchandising rights. And then Sony got the rest. Mm-hmm. And let's be fucking real. It was like they hadn't... They've been kind of fucking up Spider-Man for quite some time. Like, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3 with Venom was not great. Yeah. Um, I didn't like any of the Garfield ones. Sorry, man. I know you. Yeah. I know he was a Mondays, big Spider-Man. Mondays, am I right? <laughs> I know. I know he was a big Spider-Man fan, and like nothing against him as an. It's actor. not his fault. No, I think he did an okay job as you know being Spider-Man, but the, just, just the movies weren't written very well. And I didn't like emo skater Spider-Man. And was, Peter Parker was way too cool in those movies. Yeah, and I didn't like. He didn't make his web fluid. Like at least the first one. All right, he made it his body, but like he yeah. bought it. <laughs> like. Online? No. Yeah. And, from Oscorp? Yeah, and no one's like, oh, this fucking dude bought a shit ton of our product. Yeah. And then we see it outside. Hmm. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's weird. We make this spiderweb stuff, and no one was buying it for the longest time. Now this one guy is buying, like, cases of it. Huh. So weird. I yeah. wonder if he knows that Spider-Man guy. Like, oh, yeah, we got his credit <laughs> card number here. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Peter Parker. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, you know, Sony, but I think one of the things that kind of fucked it up for us Marvel fans is that um the connections ben- to like the Marvel movies dude like so does Tony not know fucking Spider-Man anymore like Well Tony's dead. Sorry. Well, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> so like everyone's supposed to break to- that for you. <laughs> Damn it, spoilers. <laughs> um no, but I mean I think I think the thing that really fucked it up is Venom doing really well financially. I think it was that and into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse as well, yeah. And I feel like they're like, "Oh, we know what we're doing." And like, it's like mm-hmm do you <laughs> yeah well you think about it, those are two one-off movies and venom i mean having tom hardy and having a venom movie kind of sells itself and i would have been fine with it if if it was a movie that wasn't like just don't call it venom don't have it reference venom if it was like its own one-shot movie then don't it say been symbiotes fine. yeah you know it would have been fine yeah i think but i think those two movies um together kind of convince sony that they're that they know what's up with spider-man now they magically figured it out and i feel like uh we're gonna have a hard time with the next couple movies that are coming out i mean i don't what disney yeah it's gonna have a hard time the move the marvel movies are gonna have to no figure something i don't think so you don't think so no because i think i think that the uh that spider-man's influence on the marvel cinematic universe is way way smaller than the Marvel Cinematic Universe's effect on Spider-Man. So, if you think about it, he was an extra person fighting in um, Civil, Civil War. War. He was an extra person fighting in Infinity. Endgame. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, and yes, he influenced Tony Stark a lot, but Tony Stark's not around anymore. No one else really interacted with him hardly at all. Like, Captain Marvel gave him a little, Hey, kid. Hey, Peter Parker. Meh, meh, meh. I, I don't so know. So I don't th- he didn't affect the world at all. I j- I feel like what they're going to do the only way it can make sense to me is like as soon as it got out, you know, that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, mm-hmm. then he's just going to be like I'm out. 
Like I I can't take this because I thought if they if Peter Parker continued or if Tom Holland continued, then they were gonna have to do a Doctor Strange mind wipe of everything like they did in the comics. And yeah. like now, I just feel like they're just gonna be like, okay, they're gonna do that. Everyone forgets, and Peter Parker just don't come out. Like you're gone. Be a kid. You know, don't do stuff anymore. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I don't. I just don't think that you know. It's not going to matter. All of that stuff, you know, the, so yes, Peter Parker's identity got revealed at the end of Far From Home, but that is a Spider-Man problem. They could very easily, you know, that could still be true in the, the Spider-Verse now, the Sony, you know, cinematic universe now, but, um, and maybe that forces him to move to San Francisco and meet Venom or some stupid shit like that, right? <laughs> um, so... I don't think that it's it's going to affect the Marvel Cinematic Universe because you think about the movies that are coming out, um, you know, the Eternals has nothing to do with them. Doctor Strange ha- is not going to have anything to do with them. Black Widow. Black Widow doesn't because it takes place ahead of time anyway. Um, so I mean, there really is, and of course, I'm sure they they didn't come up with any ideas for him interacting with them because this deal was still getting hashed out but um it, it, as much as i hate to say it i don't think the marvel cinematic universe is going to suffer it was a th- it's just us fans it was a three picture deal right for tom holland as spider-man uh i think i want to say he has two more but in the marvel universe or as Spi- see that, that's that's where spider-man get, that so is it going to be as spider-man for sony yeah okay so there's gonna be there's gonna be more Tom Holland Spider Man movies in Sony, but here's the problem with that, and why I say the cinematic universe affects Spider Man more than he does the, the universe. Um, every one of his bad guys has been uh, has been um, basically driven by something that Tony Stark did. So Falcon, Falcon, you know hated tony stark and you know he had the mysterious everything everything that he made came from the the first avengers movie the alien tech mysterio you know uh was a irate customer all of the people i mean not customer uh employees, employees all of, all of the people that worked with him to invent this stuff scorpion we're all you know scorpions in jail. yeah so i mean i don't know what we're gonna what we're gonna see i mean they're gonna have to introduce someone new. See, I want that doesn't know who Tony Stark is. I wanted Craven the Hunter. I've been dying to see Craven the Hunter as a villain. They can do that. I don't want Sony to do it. I would yeah. have loved for Marvel to have done it. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, a big part of it is Kevin Feige, who you know is the uh, big brain, the big brain it. behind Marvel, um, and he just you know he has a, a he has a vision of how these characters interact with each other and you know how they affect each other and what's going to lead into what coming you know three four five movies down the line and not having him i think is going to suck oh yeah now at the same time i feel like you know sony still made those spider-man movies right they're still producing them and everything um so i feel like hopefully we'll be okay for a movie or two because we'll be coasting on that momentum. They'll be like, oh, yeah, well, maybe he would have done this. But I think down the line, having like an expanded Spider-Man universe where him and Venom are like, you know, uh, you know, hanging out together and stuff. 
Maximum Carnage or whatever they end up doing. Um, I think those movies are going to suffer from the lack of foresight. Um, I mean, that what, Sony obviously has giving up being in this multi-billion dollar endeavor with I think, Marvel. I think what's going to happen is Sony's going to take it back. They're going to fuck it up again. Mm-hmm. And they're like, shit, let's just try to make it that deal with Disney. And Disney's going to get them for even a better rate. Well, 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 look who comes crawling back. And who's going to suffer a lot is us, the fans, but also Tom Holland. You know, like yeah. he, I don't, well, I'm sure he's still a kid. He still has a lot of time. He, Hopefully, well, you think about it like every cameo uh, that he would have had in other Marvel movies, he gets paid for, and now he can't get yeah. paid for those because he can't do them. So they fucked him poorly, you know, yeah. badly. You and know? you know what? He's doing what he's got to do. He's like, ah, I trust Sony, you know, they, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, excited. I'm sad that I'm not working with these friends that almost family that I made, but you know, like, ah, I'm sure Sony's. Gonna yep. do great. We're never gonna, yeah, we're never gonna get your uh Spider Man Deadpool movie. Or Spider Man uh Wolverine. It's not gonna happen. Yeah. I don't think of them as much of a duo as Deadpool and Spider Man. I know. That was and really that, fun. That would have been great. We won't get him in the Fantastic Four in the future foundation. <sighs> yeah. That sucks. Where they had the what was it the Fantastic Five? Yeah. It would have been awesome because Yeah, like <laughs> I love that. You'd come out with a uh, yeah. Brown bag over his face, and no, we'll it's never, it. we'll never get that. Well, on that depressing note, uh, let's talk a little bit about what do you want to do? It chapter two, yeah, since that's or, more cheerful, <laughs> yeah. So let's switch from Sony doing silly decisions to clowns that murder you. Uh, so if you haven't seen the movie or read the book, uh, spoiler warnings coming up ahead. Uh, I don't know, do we have a good spoiler sound? You're just going to guess. What I don't thing. remember. <laughs> nope. It's a bad one. Nope. That's the intro. Oh, God. Okay, just stop. There we go. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this is just such a good one. Spoil- spoiler. <laughs> spoilers. Um, so spoilers coming up uh, if you haven't seen it. Um, obviously, I mean, if you kind of know a little bit about it, you know, uh, the, the good guys beat the clown. I mean kind of saw that coming right the clown was just gonna murder everybody are you asking the listeners are you asking me <laughs> i don't know i don't i'm asking myself i guess um so it chapter two picks up 27 years after it chapter one um which i think in the first movie they kind of deciphered that that's kind of the cycle um of it coming coming out and feasting on people of dairy maine um and one thing I'll say about this movie before we get too far into it is it's three hours long. So just prepare yourself. It didn't feel that long. A little shy of three hours, but no, it definitely like did not feel. or something yeah, like it that. It definitely did not feel that long. Yeah. You know, like I've definitely been in movies where it's like it's kind of a slog and you're like, God damn, this movie is so long. This one didn't feel like that. No. Um, no, no. Mostly because you're always waiting for the next like little scare or creep to come out. Um, and uh, and there were quite a few in this one. I really liked it. I thought it was uh, scarier than the first one. And, uh, you know, one thing that I think I, I don't know who directed it, um, but, uh, one thing that they did extremely well, Andy Muschietti. Okay. Muschietti. Muschietti. You're Italian. I don't know. How you say uh, so, uh, one thing he did really well was, uh, it's, it's a kind of a play on a comic or a common, uh, horror movie trope where, you know, uh, a character's talking or something and you see something in the background, right? You know, something creeps by or movement or whatever. 
And most horror movies who do that will do it a couple times or for long enough where you're, you have, you're 100% sure that something bad is happening in the background, right? Like there's some guy like, you know, just like lurking or whatever, or raising a knife or whatever, and you see it in the background. Um, but it holds the shot so you, you make sure that you see it. This movie does it really well where it'll flash by and you'll see a clown standing in the background. And then when it flashes back to that same spot, it's gone. And it doesn't, it doesn't like do it again and over and over again to make sure that you see it. You have to, you have to catch it the first time or you're going to question yourself. Did I actually see that? See, I noticed that in the first one and I didn't notice it much in the second one, but you said you caught a bunch of stuff. So I'm definitely going to watch it again to see what, especially with the old lady. The old lady was great, dude. That was that was my favorite. Shout out scene. to that actress, man. She was oh, she's great. So good. And they did like a. I, I'd be interested to see how they did the one thing where she kind of like freezes because it looks like they actually like CG her frozen and then she picks up. Where her eyes like one eyes like half half shut, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was her, dude. Maybe I, I, I think that was her. Maybe I think she. Um, you know, she, she definitely did a good job, like acting normal but not normal. You right. know what I mean? Like giving hints of the creep. Yeah, and then and then the creature design once she jumps out was fantastic. The, I was terrified. The hag thing or whatever, whatever yeah, with it was. like teeth in her neck and stuff like oh, that. I, see, I didn't even I didn't even see that. Yeah, definitely got to rewatch it. Again. It was scary. Um, what what I really liked is to me this movie feels like it was the closest to the book. I mean, there's some obvious changes, but yeah. like the things I wanted to see were in there. Like even the the small things in the beginning where they toss um, one of the gay couples like into the water. And it's like, to me, when I was reading it, I was like, Oh, you know, that's, that's the one tragic event that triggers it. Cause there's always one really like gruesome death that, that I guess wakes him every 27 years. And I thought for sure they weren't going to do it in the movie. I was like, Oh damn, they, they did it. Like mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. And uh, bringing back uh, the bully who I forgot his name, um, the psychotic guy, and like yeah, just the guy like who's it, like always like threatening to kill them. Yeah, and just like in the book, he was in the psych, he was in the psych ward, and yeah. he, it used him to get him out. Like there was a bunch of like cool things that I feel like a lot of from his books get missed out in movies, but they made sure to throw that stuff in. Yeah, I think uh, this movie has has done a very good job of capturing some of the you know because Stephen King has a hard time making movies just because making accurate you know, movies that are accurate to the uh, source material because so much of it is internal, right? There's all this, you know, battle of wits and like, you know, people considering things that they remembered over and over again. The, the director and screenwriter did a great job kind of, you know, showing through those flashbacks with those kids and stuff, um, showing kind of how these guys are battling their inner demons, kind of thing. Before, of course, they battled their outer demon. Um, I, I will say it, it seems like, um, first of all, I did not expect them to have as much of the the original kids in this movie. Um, because I figured you know most of it's just going to be them as adults, but it made sense to have the. And you could tell that was that was all shot when they were shooting the first one because. Oh, I was going to say that. I feel like they did some weird CG on some of the kids. Oh, to me, like they they seem the same age that I remembered them. Like, because oh, yeah. the two years, and you know, to me and you is not that much, but to a kid, fucking, you know, yeah, puberty just, happens. Yeah, so like, I didn't see any of those changes. Oh, really? I think I saw a couple. I'd be I'd be interested to see 
which one which one of us is correct because it felt like especially Ben seemed like they had to like euthanize not <laughs> I was gonna say euthanize but not that you <laughs> youthify oh my god that was awesome they had to euthanize him it was a really sad part really, of the movie it was tragic they put a little boy down to put him to sleep but you know that's how the sausage you had to made. do it <laughs> Um, yeah, I think he had some weird stuff. Like, I think he might have, like, slimmed down <laughs> as he, like, grew up. They CG'd some chub on him, I think, think they CG'd <laughs> some chub on him. I could be wrong, but I felt like there was a couple scenes where I'm like, man, I'm trying to catch that stuff more, because CG is used so well now in movies that, like, you can, you can, if you're paying close enough attention, like the, uh, the mustache in Justice League, until I heard about it, I did not notice it. I think, I'm pretty sure I saw the movie... Before I saw, before I heard about the mustache that they had to like CG out on Henry Cavill, but now when I watch it, it's all I can focus on. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just his upper lip. Yeah, exactly. He has some weird ones where it's like, <laughs> I just made a weird face with my teeth. Yes, no, I saw. Yeah, I know. The viewers, listeners didn't see it, so I'm trying to paint a mental picture. Got it. Um, but uh, I really liked. I, I like Bill Hader's uh, character, and I kind of like um, what they did with him and how he was kind of like, again, spoilers, secretly in love with Eddie. Um, Which was not in the book, but it, it was a cool little add to it. Yeah, it's it's kind of a, a cool way to modernize it a little bit and uh, add some further depth to some of the characters. It also made it, well, spoilers, more tragic when, when Eddie dies, you know? Correct. And when Stan dies, they added... I don't. At least I don't remember this. It wasn't book. in the book, right? They he he like wrote a letter like, "Oh, I'm doing this to bring you all together because it you you, it, may, you wouldn't have done this without you know some sort of driving things, which kind of made suicide seem like a good option. No, like it I, seems like a weird the way the way I took it. It was because in the book he kills himself because he's a coward. Like right. he was too yeah he was terrified. too afraid and he's like Ugh. and this one like it was it, I felt like it was a nice little redemption um, side storyline for him like. He knew he wasn't going to be able to go through it, and he knew that if he went, they would not be able to complete the ritual of. Ch- and I'm not sure if it's pronounced. I always thought of it as chud, chud, but they kept saying it as chewed, which you know that's up to Stephen King. Um, but he knew that if he went, they weren't going to be able to complete it. So he felt you know eliminate himself yeah, out exactly. so Take- that the others can survive. Yeah, and I, and I guess that's cool. It gives him kind of a redemption value, <laughs> like. That was one thing that I didn't like about both the book and the um, the original uh, Tim Curry one is like when when some of these guys have such like crazy character change like oh Stan oh he just killed himself because he was too afraid you're like whoa really that's <laughs> fucking crazy I didn't, well, why would that happen <laughs> just gotta show the stakes are high bro yeah I mean <laughs> you, you know you grew up right I mean you're a human man now. <laughs> And it basically only killed children. So, I mean, you can take that. No, he preferred children because they were easier to scare, which made the meat taste better. Yeah. But if you could get an adult, he would, which he did with the gay couple. He took the, oh, the one yeah, guy that was true. already already terrified. Yeah, that's true. He was, uh, he, in the that book, was scary, too. In the book, it was they, they mentioned that more. So it salts the meat. You know, It just right, tastes exactly. better. Fear just makes the humans taste better. Mm, Which makes you wonder what he, how the fuck was he scaring dinosaurs when he was down there? 
Oh, dinosaurs are terrified of everything. That's true, I guess. Just go after the prey. Yeah. I mean, they evolved in, into chickens. So, <laughs> boom. Science. Boom. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to put stickers I know, on those. I'm going to have to put little stickers on it. I don't really have the thing up on the computer that tells me what each one is. <laughs> I remember my favorite one, this, this bad boy right here, and this one right here. And then this is green means go, and this is red means stop. So it's intro and outro. The other ones are a mystery. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I think you know overall. If you if you're a fan of the first one, I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. It's it's a great conclusion. It's a cool. I've also heard that they they're talking about releasing a ultimate cut with the two of them cut together. Oh, nice. Which would be crazy. Yeah, and like I'd be down five hours. Yeah, down. I'd be down to watch it. We've done crazier things. Uh, one thing I told you immediately after uh, watching this is I feel like this movie would have been the perfect movie to kind of launch the Dark Tower universe. Fucking beat me to it, but go for it. <laughs> no, like, it's it's not it, the movie, but there's... Stephen King has done an amazing job of creating a universe and everything connecting to the Dark Tower. Correct. And it would have been awesome to have seen this movie. It may, and maybe not this, but this and Doctor Sleep. Like uh, that's just coming and out. The stand they're doing a uh, a series of the stand coming out, which Whoopi Goldberg just signed on for, which is weird and but like cool, I guess. There with it chapter two, they they could have added like way like things to connect it to, not the Dark Tower movie that we had, but possibly future later on another Dark Tower movie. But right. it, I guess I I hope or the Dark day, Tower series that's coming out or the series like. I just hope that one day, you know, not not that there was anything wrong with it. I loved I loved it chapter two, but I guess if I had to say there was something that I was that was lacking was a connection to the Dark Tower. But both me and you fucking love the Dark Tower so much. So. Yeah. Well, I just think you know what's crazy is I think it was the perfect opportunity to bring that up. You know what I mean? Like there were so many instances of you know flashing and seeing like different hallucinations and stuff like. You could have showed the tower, the tower with the field of roses, um, you know, the the ha- the haunted house that they go to um, could have been the same one that had like the portal in it. Exactly. Or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was so much. In fact, it and, looked like it was almost the same one from the Dark Tower movie. And but, not o- not only that, but just show the turtle, you know, uh, yeah. Maturin or Maturin, I believe. Yeah, I think that's the same. You know, like during the ritual of Chad, like as if they were fucking up, you know, it could have pulled Bill and, you know, because it in the book, uh, he considers himself the opposite and equal strength of Maturin which he's fucking not, like, at all. <laughs> but yeah. in his mind, he thinks he is. Um, and that would have been also, you know, one of the connections of the it could have been It could have been part of the, the Native American, you know, like, paintings and stuff. He could yeah. have been like, oh, yeah, they believed in this turtle that held up the world. And, you know, it could be a line of dialogue that could have just tied it in to everything else, you know. Um, felt like a missed opportunity there um, that I really wish... I mean, there were some nods to other Stephen King stuff in there um, where, like, I think, I'm trying to remember now what I thought. There was a turtle on the desk. Yeah, and that and was kind of was, a whack. You know. Yeah, I was like, whatever. Like, well, we know you, we know about it, but yeah. we're just ignoring like, it. Like, as are people who read the book, like, there's a turtle. Like, you know. Yeah, fuck, I can't remember. The, I think, like... I want to say like uh, they mentioned Shawshank in it at one point. Oh, they did. Castle I that. Rock 
was mentioned. Uh, I believe there was maybe a, something else. I believe there was an eighteen wheeler with the green goblins. There was it. not. <laughs> there was not. <laughs> um, but who knows? Maybe someday we'll get maximum overdrive too, even more maximum. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think you know, especially with um, with Doctor Sleep coming out so soon afterwards. Everything would have been so lined up. Yeah, no, it would have been great. Where it would have been perfect, and that's how, that's kind of how it would it would kind of keep it fresh in people's mind. They'll be like, "Ooh, Doctor Sleep. Oh, I remember that from it." You know, and then like you know, who knows what the next one uh, they'll do? Maybe the the Dark Tower series or the Stand series that, that are both coming out. Another good example when he's talking to Maturin, like like in the book when Bill's talking to him, they could have just mentioned something like, "Oh, he had a little bit of." A shine, or the Maturin could have mentioned like, "Oh, you know, you see me because you have the shine." Something right. that could have connected to Doctor Sleep. Yeah, you know, it's man, I again. Oops, I don't want to watch this video. Um, it just felt like, you know, it could have been, it that would have made it from a good movie, which it definitely was a good movie, definitely fun and, and worth checking out, into like an awesome, excellent. You know, great movie. I still think it was awesome and great, but it's like I'm not gonna knock a movie because it didn't add something that we wanted. But it would, it just that's true. It would have, it would have been maybe that's a little harsh. It would have been cool to have it. Yeah, it just it seems like a real missed opportunity. I think is the the best thing I could I could say about it. But you know, whatever. What are you gonna do? (laughs) I Um, just feel like it's a huge injustice to Stephen King that we have not seen a cinematic universe of his storytelling. And I feel like, you know, hopefully one day we get it. Hopefully my guy's still alive <laughs> so you can see it. But like, it's a, it's a missed opportunity in any studio heads listening because we've had our ideas stolen before. Make it happen. <laughs> Fucking do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think that, and, and who doesn't want an expanded cinematic universe? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, that's, you know, what what we just get done talking about, you know, talking that's about a shit ton of some, potential money for any right. like production company. And then, you know, uh, it just all it would take is who, who I guess it's Warner Brothers who does it right. Like Warner Brothers, right? Like the DC universe failed. It did. Right. I mean, they're, they've can't, scrapped all uh, movies so far, except for like Suicide Squad. Um, and so like why not give yourself a chance it chapter one did extremely well from the looks of it dr sleep's going to do fairly well too you know you you can kind of tell when they're like showing the trailer and they have like three or four different versions of a trailer that the movie's actually going to be received fairly i really hope so just because i'm really digging the audiobook i'm almost halfway i'm almost halfway through it so so far it's great yeah yeah and and then one thing that's kind of cool which I'm surprised Stephen King let them do because he has way more control than he ever did in in the past on his movies, um, is that they're actually referencing Stanley Kubrick's The Shining movie, which is crazy. Doctor Sleep, I guess we should mention. Yeah, is, we're just assuming everyone loves. Stephen King. We assume King everyone like, loves Stephen King, like which do. you all should. But you know, we get it. Um, Doctor Sleep is the sequel to The Shining, which is another Stephen King book, and obviously the movie. Stanley Kubrick directed um, and it follows Danny as a uh, grown man and he has some adventures dealing with the shining and stuff like that but one thing that's really cool about this movie is they're referencing the Stanley Kubrick movie which 
you know, is an excellent movie. It's an excellent scary movie. It's it's a cornerstone of the genre and like a masterpiece of cinematography, right? But it isn't the same as the book. It's a I won't say completely different story, but the main marks of the story are missed. Like the the main point of everything that I think Stephen King was trying to convey. Um, and we won't go too far into it. So, you know, well, I mean, everyone's seen The Shining, I guess. Wouldn't really be spoilers. No, as long as, long as you don't spoil Dr. Sleep. I maybe it's a, maybe a good recap refresher. We'll do a quick one for uh, the people. So when Dr. Sleep comes out, they'll be prepared. Maybe we'll do that. That sounds, sounds good. good. So um, I guess I guess that that makes sense. Well, uh, we got about yeah, we got about ten minutes left. We can <laughs> we can knock that out. So uh, the Shining uh, movie with Stanley Kubrick, all of the famous scenes that you remember from that movie were not in the book, basically. So here's Johnny was never really done. I mean, he did go through uh, the hotel terrorizing his wife and child. But he did not carry an axe. It was called a roke mallet, which is like a croquet mallet. It's a hammer, basically, like kind of like Harley Quinn carries, you know. Um, and he never did the Here's Johnny. Oh, he did Here's Johnny in It Chapter Two. That was one of the. Oh, that's right. Things, right in the the bathroom. The scene. bathroom scene, yeah. So anyway, um, you know, so that was a little different, which not a big deal, right? Also, in the book, it was room two seventeen. But it was two thirty-seven in Shining. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't seen The Shining the yep. movie in a long time. But I feel like they didn't really put too much emphasis on Danny having the shine. Well, they did and they didn't. They, it, uh, it's a hard way for again. It goes back to like how do you cinematically make a telepathic thing make sense, right? You know, you could have the thing with. You know, the X-Men where Professor X puts two fingers up on his temple and that's him and you just get over, you know, overdubbing and stuff. Because I'm correct. It just feels like more, they more did it like, well, I guess The Shining was first, but kind of like Sixth Sense, like he just saw dead people. Did, well, did he in the movie actually read people's minds? He, he did a little bit like him and Halloran um, had their little conversation and stuff, which is a big part of the setup of the book. Um but I don't think he ever, like, he knew things where, where they were like, you know, he would know, like, oh, you know, daddy's downstairs or whatever. I think he, they showed that in the movie. But, you know, he, he straight up, he knew that his dad was battling with these inner demons and that if he drank, that, you know, he, he would lose himself. Like, there was, he basically knew what was going to happen before it happened for most of the movie. And it was all about, you know, yes, he could have left with his mom and save you know save them from this horrific event that they went through but he loved his dad and he's a little kid and he, you know he doesn't want his dad to die and doesn't want his dad to go crazy so he stays against you know his better intuition kind of thing so um it's hard to do that in a movie you know yeah. it's just it would be him talking to himself and one thing is the whole like bad ram with his finger that was um basically uh an analog for him talking to tony which is a, is his like invisible friend but it's also him from the future not necessarily like time traveling but it's it's his grown-up future self essentially inside his subconscious leading him away from danger you're talking about the book you're talking about the movie uh the the book the, the way the book handles it is he would always see especially in mirrors he would see this boy standing 
way far away where you can see there's a boy there, but you can't quite make out his face or anything or his features. And that was Tony. And Tony would talk to him. He'd be like, Danny, Danny, you better watch out. Your dad's going to come and get you. You know, that sort of stuff. So he'd lead him along the pathway, right? They didn't decide to, you know, uh, Stanley Kubrick didn't decide to uh, show that. He had the little finger where, like, he was like, man, man, I'm... I'm going to come get you. You know, it was basically his finger talking as Tony, which was, I don't know. It was weird. It was creepy. I get it. You know, it's, it's an interesting way of handling it, but, um, you miss, you miss the part where Danny's middle name is Anthony or Tony. Um, and then you kind of miss that connection because it's never really mentioned or brought to life in, in the, in the movie, the twins come play with us, Danny, not in the book at all. It's just the creepy old lady the, was in the book. The creepy old lady <laughs> was in the book. Um, and, her, you know, her kind of shifting between being super hot and being old and crusty never really happened. She but was always old, old right? and crusty. Yeah. yeah, just but she was trying to get him like there was some sexual weird stuff. Probably. Yeah, there was there was a bunch of weird sex stuff in the book. I mean, that basically the Overlook used to have like these weird like mobster parties kind of thing where like it was a bunch of like you know undesirables but like rich undesirables and they would have weird like i don't know orgies and you know like eyes wide shut type shit another stanley kubrick movie makes sense um but uh there was um the 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 elevator full of blood never really happened in the book there there was no uh maze in the book you know the maze where they're running through at the end Halloran doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I was getting to that. Yeah. Halloran doesn't die in, in the book. He actually goes on and becomes like a father figure for Danny. Yeah. And teaches him how to shine even better. Which I'm uh, curious how Dr. Sleep's going to handle that if they're going to, if they're going to reference the movie and not the book. I mean, unless they pull like a force ghost thing, you'll get to a point in the book where you'll understand how they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I, I got, I think I got to it, but they're going to have to do that the whole movie. Yeah. Because exactly. in the book, he's not. Yeah. The, the there's just a little chunk at the beginning, you know, um, and, uh, then there is Wendy in the, in the book is a much better character also in Stanley Kubrick's movie, Shelley Duvall, first of all, a, a, a brief little aside about Shelley Duvall. Like, first of all, in that movie, Stanley Kubrick, like tortured her basically. Yeah, he did. The, the scene where <laughs> I've seen a bunch of videos, the scene where Jack Nicholson is chopping the, the bathroom door down. She's really crying. She didn't know that that was going to happen. And she's like, okay, just, uh, you're going to, you know, you're going to wait inside this, uh, in this bathroom and, you know, uh, you know, we just, just, just feel out what happens or whatever. And all of a sudden this ax starts coming through. He's like, I'm coming to get you. So she's screaming and crying and that was all real. And I mean, it looks great. (laughs) Cinematically, it it, looks amazing. Isn't it fucked up how directors do that shit? It was the same thing with the alien in the chest busting scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like you actually see Ripley like look off. At the camera and then look back at it. No, and then ah, forgive. I don't remember the actress's name. Like she looks terrified, screaming. All real. It looks great. <laughs> they it's so did, good. They did not know that was happening. Yeah. He didn't tell anyone. He elevated their acting skill. That's <laughs> what directors do. Exactly. Bring out the best in their actors. That's what they do. Um. So and now Shelley Duvall is like also in rough shape. I, I, have you seen her lately? I've. I've uh, I know that. Dr. Dr. Phil. Phil. Yeah, yeah, I haven't watched the clip, but apparently she's oh, not man. doing well. 
if you want to be real depressed, uh, watch Dr. Phil Shelley Duvall uh, clip, and it seems terrible. Anyway, um, so she's a much stronger character in um, in The Shining book. Uh, she actually, they're about to leave uh, the Overlook Hotel, and uh, basically Jack sabotages like the snowmobile, and um, you know, so they're they're stuck up there kind of thing. But um, she w- she was always like, no. I'm going to leave. I'm going to save my son. And she would like lock herself in the bathroom with Danny rather than running off on her own kind of thing. So much better, stronger character, I think in the book. Um, and then one of the biggest, uh, of course we mentioned Halloran who gets killed at the end of the movie, which begs the question, why did he come up to the overlook at all? Because in the book, he's the one who saved them. Right? He saves them. Yeah. He, he brings them down, um, down the mountain and stuff. And, um, and then, uh, Another thing too is that um, the Overlook blows up in the uh, book, in the in the movie it just shut it down, and in the Doctor Sleep trailer, they say that oh they boarded it up and whatnot because um, it still exists if they're doing the movie universe kind of thing, which is kind of interesting. So I'm glad they're taking parts of it. Um, the Halloran thing will be interesting. Um, I'm curious of what they had to. They probably just gave Stephen King a shit ton right. of maybe. I mean, being that he doesn't like the old right, movie, right. I'm sure they're like, "Hey, we're gonna reference a movie. Like, is that cool?" Hopefully, they he he accepts it as a uh, as far as like, okay, look, when it comes to The Shining, and you need a visual reputa- uh, representation of it, people remember the Stanley Kubrick one. I mean, for, for Christ's sake, they make like shirts out of the carpet pattern you know what i mean actually in from it chapter two the skateboard that the kid's holding has that pattern. oh that's right that's right i remember that too yeah um so it's very cool uh when they have stuff like that um and you know people remember danny riding his little bike through thing and the twins so it's like okay that captures what the shining was which is all it really needs to do in the um in the Dr. Sleep movies, like, okay, remember The Shining? Well, this is the little boy from it. Here's a couple clips and here's a couple flashbacks to remind you how that connects to this. And so hopefully he realized that that is a, you know, uh, it, it's worth doing it that way and it's going to improve the chances of success of the movie. Um, the biggest difference, I'll say, which is kind of the last part of The Shining. So in the Jack Nicholson, uh, Stanley Kubrick movie, Jack's like chasing Danny through the, the maze and Danny's running through the the, the maze, uh, garden maze, and he Jack gets lost in there because he's crazy and can't remember how to get out, and he freezes to death, and that's the end of Jack Torrance. In the book, there's no maze. There's uh, animals that come to life and try to kill Halloran, which is kind of crazy. Um, if you really want to treat, you should watch the I think it's like 1999 or 2000 uh, made for TV version of the shining which is like a two-part miniseries where they actually try to animate those and they look terrible <laughs> um but uh so instead of that in the book jack torrance basically um he he's going to he's trying to kill danny right because he's possessed by the overlook hotel and the spirits that are dwelling within but just as he's about to kill danny um he kind of jack torrance takes over long enough to to uh become himself again and tells danny run get your mother and get out of here you know you know just remember that i've i've you know i love you and i'll always love you and this kind of thing he has like a little redemption right where he he his love for his son overpowers 
that these evil spirits have taken control of him. And so Danny runs away. And then what the spirits do is they take the rogue mallet and bash his own face in and effectively killing Jack Torrance, you know, the, the man. And now he's just a body that they're using kind of thing. But when they do that, they forget that the boiler of the Overlook Hotel has to have the steam pressure relieved on it every couple hours or because it doesn't release itself. It's too old. It's decrepit kind of thing. And so because they kind of kill Jack or maybe Jack hides that information from him, it's kind of, it's, it's not clear why they don't remember it. But basically um, before it's too late, uh, they're like, Oh shit, the boiler. And they go down to the basement and the boiler, they try to dump it off. But as they like release it, the whole uh, boiler and hotel blows to smithereens kind of thing. See, and we had a side conversation earlier about this. And I was saying like, oh, I'm wondering if Jack had a little bit of the shine because he was able to see the ghosts. And then I figured, well, spoilers, slight spoiler, not a whole lot. And Dr. Sleep, um, you know, well, Jack is an alcoholic. And he was using the alcohol to numb his pain. And in Dr. Sleep, Dan uses the alcohol to numb his shine because he sees all the terrible shit that he doesn't want right. to see. So I was wondering is if they both, like, obviously Jack had a little. Dan has a whole shit ton. But Dan was just better equipped to deal with the alcoholism than Jack wasn't. I mean, I, you know, different times, you know. Right. So here's here's what I'll say about that in the, in the doctor. I don't remember if it was doctor sleep, honestly, or if it was the shining. I, cause I read them back to back, but they explicitly say that Wendy is the one who has the shine. She Pat. has a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, so I don't think Jack necessarily had it. Um, I think it was more the hotel's influence on him, but, um, and I think that's kind of what the shining itself was the book itself was about was how the past um, affects you as you try to move forward. Right. So Jack grew up in a terrible family. He had an alcoholic dad who beat the shit out of his you know, mom, beat the shit out of him and his brothers until they grew up uh, old enough to you know fight back kind of thing. And how he deals with that is he gets drunk all the time, just like his dad. He's fallen into the same steps that his uh, dad did. And, um, and, you know, basically he's battling with that inner demon the whole time when he tries to become a better, um, when he tries to become a better, uh, person and tries to go sober, you know, he struggles with it and he struggles, but he's trying to make a change for his family because he doesn't want to be his dad. That's his main motive motivator. Wendy doesn't want to be like her mom, um, cause her mom basically, uh, was, to use her own words, a, a raving bitch and basically drove her dad away. But the mom always blamed Wendy for driving the dad away. He was like, Oh, it's your fault that he left us. And you know, it's all your fault and this and that. And so that's why Wendy struggles with leaving Jack. Who's going crazy at the overlook hotel is because she, you know, she's has this abandonment issue that she carries with her from her past. And then the biggest symbol, you know, metaphor for, you know, the past catching up with you and affecting you is the Overlook Hotel, who had all these evil men, you know, doing crazy weird things in it, and it corrupted the hotel from the inside kind of thing. And and rather than being this newly renovated vacation home, which it's kind of described, or not vacation home, but a vacation resort that's trying to, you know, modernize and get, you know, bring life back into it, it it's corrupted insides take it over and anyone who's near it 
it destroys them. Similar to how alcoholism does it, right? And that's a big, you know, commentary on Stephen King and how he uh, was struggling with alcoholism himself. Doctor Sleep, in a little interview I read with him, um, was his answer to what if Jack Torrance was able to get into a program like AA and was able to kind of work the steps and work through it rather I've, than be corrupted. I didn't read that. I didn't read that article, but that's kind of what I've been gathering from the mm-hmm. book because Danny uses the alcohol to numb his shine. Yep. But he also has a huge fucking temper like his dad. Right. Like he, like he sees people like with the shine. If he can sense someone is, is or has done something evil, he immediately wants to beat the shit out of them. Right. Rightfully so. I mean, I wouldn't be mad exactly. at him, but he controls himself Without the alcohol, he can control himself and not do it and help in other ways without violence. And and in that way, he succeeds where Jack Torrance did, did not. not. Yeah. So I think that's kind of a cool. It's a really it's a sequel, obviously, because the same characters in there. But it's a sequel in more ways than one to The Shining. So I'm I'm really excited to see what they do with the movie. And of course, Ewan McGregor's in it, so it's gonna be fucking awesome. It's gonna be crazy. I was gonna bring that up. Is like. I always think of him. Well, I haven't seen Train Spotting. I know he does like gritty. He can he can do that. But like in the beginning of Doctor Sleep, he's not a good person. Like yeah. at all. Yeah, he's <laughs> and uh, he, he definitely redeems himself. He hits a low point for sure. And I'm just I'm curious like how the movie is gonna handle because there's some really gruesome as most Stephen King books. There's a lot yeah. of gruesome stuff that I wonder if they're gonna actually show on the screen. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sure it'll be like kind of a little montage of him just being a piece of garbage. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I think it'll be interesting to see. And, you know, I think he's a great actor. Ewan McGregor is a great actor, though. So I think I'm excited to see kind of how how it all plays out. So I, I think everyone should check that out. It's coming out in, I think, November, right? I think so. Yeah, you showed me the trailer before I started listening to the book. So now, like, when I'm listening to the book, all I can think about is Ewan McGregor. And yeah. I was like, man. What a dick. Yeah. <laughs> that thing he does in the beginning, like, damn. Or yeah. I guess a couple of things he does in the beginning. Just a piece of garbage. But yeah, super excited for that. So uh, I'd say if you haven't if you haven't read it yet, read The Shining. I think everyone, you know, the movie's still great. Um, I still like the movie, but the book is so much better that I think everyone should, should really uh, check it out and see the differences for yourself. And it's a great... It's a great uh, primer for watching um, Dr. Sleep when it comes out in November. See, I'm doing it backwards. I'm listening to Dr. Sleep first. I'm going to go back and listen to The Shining. Yeah. After, because I, w- I want to be prepared for the movie. So Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and I think I think really it, it's cool, you know, and you'll see more and more stuff like, oh, that's what they're talking about, you know, because the, the book Dr. Sleep references the book Shining quite a bit. So. No, I know a lot about the shining just from dr sleep I'm like oh because yeah. yeah they do reference exactly it a lot. yeah so pretty cool stuff all righty well i think that just about does it uh for us for this episode um like i said before um i think this will be a fun thing going forward you know tweet us a picture or shoot us an instagram or send us on facebook view showing nerds with friends to one of your friends or family members or co-workers just snap a picture of the two of you uh listening to listening to the two of us and send it to us and we will mail you some nerds with friends merch and dizing and we can do both you and your friend we can do it vice versa we'll show someone else to someone else's podcast you know yeah exactly um especially especially if you're in the podcasting world you know share with your friends because that's how we all grow 
Um, but I think this will be kind of a fun little campaign. Um, and we can send some, we do have some dope ass stickers that we got made. So, um, definitely want to share those with you, our listeners. Um, thank you, Christian, for, uh, nerding out on some Stephen King with me. I think there's very few people I can do that with, (laughs) which is a damn shame. I know more people need to read some Stephen King. Yeah. My book club, like some of them liked it, but there's two of them who like don't like Stephen King and I just, I don't understand them. I, I like, mean, I'm sorry. What language are you speaking? Yeah, I mean, they're like nice people. They're like, yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't think Jack Torrance was that sympathetic of a character. I'm like, whoa, the guy was <laughs> dealing with a haunted house trying to infect his brain, and he grew up in a shit family, and he's just trying to be a good dad to his little boy. No sympathy. Yeah, but he broke his bro- he broke his little boy's arm. I'm like, yeah, because he's dealing with the shitty ass alcoholic genetics. You know, <laughs> it's a disease. Anyway, I digress. Um, but you know, thanks for nerding out on Stephen King. Cause I mean, when it comes to it and Dr. Sleep and all the other movies, uh, I don't think anyone appreciates them as much as you. Yeah. We'll, we'll see if we could try to get him as a guest. I'll work on it. Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> That'd be great. Stephen King. If you're out there, uh, first of all, send us a picture of you listening to nerds of friends. Cause <laughs> showing you, you know, passing that on to someone else, and we'll you send can you a just sticker. listen to it by yourself. You don't have to tell anybody. You've done enough, Stephen King. But if he says a picture of you listening to us, uh, I will shit my pants. And we'll still send you the sticker. Yeah, we'll still send you the stickers, mate. I'll send you whatever you want. <laughs> I'll come live with you if you really want me to. Like whatever. Uh, but uh, uh, thank you guys for uh, listening to Nerds of Friends and making all this fun and possible. Um, and remember to send those pictures at nerds with friend, no S on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook. You just search nerds with friends, but until next time, remember you're not alone. You're with friends. This is nerds with friends. Thank you. And good night. party Chinese flashlight? I don't know. But I put my dick in weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I thought this is kind of funny. This is kind of what you're talking about, like where it's all the hentai faces, but it's just on a, it's just on a, a sweatshirt. Don't think that comment just went by. I put my dick in weird things. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. <laughs> That wasn't recorded. That's what sucks. Oh, it was recorded. (laughs) I recorded everything. (laughs) I think I'm just going to let shit like that go. (laughs)